Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into The Secret Life of Pets 2 in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Summer moves on. And another sequel, another big-budget blockbuster sequel has been released. Today we're going to talk about The Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, the original Secret Life of Pets opened to over $100 million at the box office a couple of years ago. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is the highest opening weekend gross for uh, any film that was an original property. Uh, so it wasn't a sequel, wasn't a remake wasn't even an adaptation you know highest opening weekend for anything like that uh, which is pretty impressive even today uh it's it's pretty pretty damn impressive the sequel not so hot not making nearly as much money uh but it was number one last weekend and it's got quite a cast so that's that's what we're going to talk about that's what today today's episode is going to be secret life of pets 2 is a 2019 film it is about an hour and 24 minutes, uh, 84 minutes long. Uh, it is an animated film. I saw it June 8th, 2019. And my brief synopsis is, A pet deals with a new child in his home. And that's mostly true. The, the, the story of this movie is a little wonky in that it kind of breaks itself into three separate lines and eventually they sort of converge uh, at the end not all of them really but but sort of and i didn't like that i don't think it's really well done in this movie i think the writing is a little poor i think um the strength of each individual story uh is lacking and they're all very superficial and so it was tough to really get into this movie uh from the from the jump but I wasn't a big fan of the first one, which I kind of want to rewatch now, because uh, maybe I would have be even less uh, enthusiastic about it. However, we're talking about the sequel. I gave it a 22, pretty low score. Uh, it has a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. That makes it puts it at ranked, uh, makes it ranked 77th uh, of the 2019 films that I've seen this year, and 6,626th overall. It has a three on the Bechtel test. A um, lot of female characters in The Secret Life of Pets. They do talk to each other. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, Gidget? Gadget? Gidget? Gidget and Daisy? No. Gidget and Snowball? Nope. Gidget and Chloe? Yes. Gidget and Chloe uh, exchange many words. Uh, you also have uh, Tiffany Haddish's Daisy uh, involved as a female character um but yeah it does it does the minimum their minimum to to pass the three te- uh score on the Bechtel test it's a pg movie it is the 880th highest ranked adventure movie i've seen 1071st among animated films 2619th among comedies Whew. Uh, this is 
as I said, the second film in the Secret Life of Pets uh, now I don't know, a pair of movies. Uh, the first one came out in 2016. Combined, they are just shy of three hours long, so about 2.85 hours between the two of them. Secret Life of Pets 2 is the weaker of the two films, and they have an average rating of 36. 36. All right, let's move into some of the people associated with this movie. Director Chris Renaud. Renaud? 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 We're going to go with Renaud. He's from Maryland. Uh, this is the sixth film of his I've seen as a director. He has an, it drops his average film rating to a 60 even. It is his only film, rated between 0 and 24, and worst movie overall, coming in behind the Lorax. He has a value of 1, a score of 46 even, and is ranked 265th overall, tied with Destin Daniel Cretton, Stephen Daldry, and Robert Rosen, among others. He is one spot behind Baz Luhrmann, the Baz Luhrmann, who made Moulin Rouge and The Great Gatsby. And Chris Renaud is one spot ahead of Derek Cianfrance, who made The Light Between Oceans, The Place Beyond the Pines, and Blue Valentine. Um, yeah, qu uh, direction in this movie, like I said, I, I would hone in on the three-segmented story avenue. It kind of felt like an episode of Seinfeld, where all the characters start out doing something different, something unique, something... Um, special each and to themselves and by the end of it you know the thing that jerry's doing involve you know somehow collides with what kramer's involved with collides with a lot uh, collides with elaine collides with Je uh, uh, uh whoever else uh, why can't i think of his name um george and that's kind of what this movie does you know it sends uh the main characters uh from the previous film into different storylines and they each meet new characters or overcome some obstacle or, you know, have their own difficulties. And then eventually they all come together. And yeah, uh, and I, I think that it ends up being very safe as a movie because of that. It feels more like an anthology than it does like a single story, which if I'm remembering the first one correctly, it, that one was very much one solitary story. And uh, I think that works a lot better for my money moving on to the writing uh brian lynch this is the sixth film of his i've seen as a writer he has an average rating of 40.33 now it's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and fifth best movie overall coming in behind binky nelson unpacified and ahead of minions binky nelson unpacified i believe is a short film uh, he has a value of negative 5, a score of 25.25, and is ranked 2,783rd overall. One spot behind Justin Haith, who is a writer on A Cure for Wellness, Red Sparrow, The Lone Ranger remake. Uh, and Brian Lynch is one spot ahead of Larry Gross, writer on 48 Hours and Streets of Fire. And he has the sole writer credit, writing credit on The Secret Life of Pets 2. Uh, which is problematic, um, I think. I, I, you know, my favorite part of this movie is Rooster's character, uh, both from Harrison Ford's voice performance and, and the lines and writing they give that character. But outside of him, uh, there really wasn't much that I enjoyed. Again, it's a movie that showcases pets animals doing things 
that we're accustomed to, that we're used to, that we can point and say, oh, my cat, my dog, my whatever does this, and then getting an insight into like what they might be thinking, if they're thinking anything, when these things take place, when they happen. And I think the novelty of that in the first movie was obviously, you know, struck a chord. It made so much money. And just that novelty just wasn't there this time around. Um, and uh, I think... I don't know if that's just they mined all the good scenarios out in the first one. I thought the vet had a lot of promise, uh, but they just kind of gloss over that in this movie. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure what could have been done. It probably didn't deserve a sequel in the first place, but we got one. All right, performances, acting, voice performances. Here we go. We're going to start out with Albert Brooks. This is the 18th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 66.44. It's his second film, rated between 0.24 and 17th, best movie overall. Coming in behind, this is 40, and ahead of I Love You, Daddy. He has a value of 10.5, a score of 70.30, 70.3, and is ranked 85th overall. Uh, that's one spot behind Fiona Shaw and one spot ahead of Terry Notary. Albert Brooks is the voice of... Hope I have this right. Maybe I don't. Where did I get Albert Brooks's name? I don't know. Was he in the first one and not this one? Perhaps. Let's uh hold on a second as I try to all right, now he's listed here as Tiberius. Who the heck is Tiberius? He is not on IMDb. He is on Letterboxd. Curious. Tiberius. Secret. Life. Tiberius from the first movie was a hawk who I don't think is in the second movie. Although maybe he was, according to the secret life of pets.fandom.com. What? Flies back to the apartment to meet its owner. This is interesting. <laughs> hmm. I don't think that's all right I don't think he's in it um, curious um, all right well I guess we'll have to remove that so you can just forget everything I just said about Albert Brooks and his involvement in this movie because he wasn't there which is great uh, good for him and it will improve his placement anyway all right brief interlude aside actual first person is harrison ford harrison ford he is the voice of rooster uh who is a farm dog that is visited by i don't remember any of these character names uh max shortly into the movie this is the 31st film credit of harrison ford's i've seen dropping his average rating down to a 57.58 it's his sixth film rated between 0 and 24 and 27th best movie overall Coming in behind Working Girl and ahead of The Expendables 3. 
He has a value of 2.5, a score of 56.59, and is ranked 670th overall, one spot behind Marie-José Croz, Crozet, one spot ahead of Maximiliano Hernandez. Like I said, he's Rooster. He is probably my favorite part of this movie. Uh, I think Harrison Ford was the perfect voice for this part. And uh, it's a little cliche, to be, to be fair, but I liked it. I thought Harrison Ford brought a surprising amount of life to, to, to Rooster's character. Next up is Fred Tataskior. This is the 32nd film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 53.13. It's his seventh film, rated between 0 and 24, and 27th best movie overall, coming in behind Hotel Transylvania 3 and head of Bilal, A New Breed of Hero. He has a value of negative 1, a score of 49 even, and is ranked 1,395th overall, one spot behind Chow Yun-Fat, and one spot ahead of Tom Skerritt. Fred Tataskior, who is a prolific voice actor, uh, did the voice of, if I'm not mistaken, additional voices. So I, I don't know who he did, uh, but he is just always around in these animated movies. Uh, next up, a partner of his in crime, Lorraine Newman. This is her 28th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 52.36. It's her 7th film, rated between 0.24 and 22nd best movie overall. Coming in behind Jingle All the Way and ahead of Eddie's Life Coach, which is a short film attached to the movie Sing. Uh, she has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 46.37, and is ranked 1,709th overall. One spot behind Jamie Kennedy, one spot ahead of Penelope Ann Miller. Lorraine Newman is also credited as Additional Voices. Additional voices next up is hannibal burris this is his 14th film credit dropping his average film rating to a 50.36 it's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and 14th and worst movie overall coming in behind the comedian he has a value of negative three a score of 41.06 and is ranked 2404th overall one spot behind kyle gallner and bob hoskins one spot ahead of joel mccray hannibal burris actually has a name attached to his character and that name is buddy be honest i don't remember who buddy was <laughs> i do not um who is buddy sounds like a dog can't can't couldn't tell you um okay Patton oswalt taking the reins over from louis ck thankfully uh, this is the 21st film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 49.95. It's his fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 19th best movie overall. Coming in behind Taxi and ahead of Keeping Up with the Joneses. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 40.66, and is ranked 2,468th overall. One spot behind Vicky Kreps and one spot ahead of Lasko Atkins. Ben Oswalt is the voice of Max, the titular main, well not titular, but the main character of The Secret Life of Pets. And he does a good job. You know, it's not, it's no Remy, but he does a good job. Next up is Ellie Kemper. This is her 12th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 49.5. It is her fourth film rated between 0 and 24 and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind The Secret Life of Pets and ahead of Identity Thief. She has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 39.93, and is ranked 2,570th overall. One spot behind Paul F. Tompkins, and one spot ahead of Matt Walsh. Ellie Kemper 
is the voice of Katie, one of the few human characters who gets to talk in this movie. Which is reasonable, you know, we don't need them to talk for it that much. Next up is Lake Bell. This is her 13th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 50.46. It is her second film rated between 0 and 24, and worst film overall, coming in behind, I do, dot, 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 until I don't. She has a value of negative 4, a score of 39.73, and is ranked 2,602nd overall. One spot behind, um, let's go with Leslie Sharp. One spot ahead of Walter Houston. That's a big name, Walter Houston. Lake Bell is the voice of Chloe, uh, who is probably the best voice acting that's happening in this movie. Um, as you know, least recognizable based on her name, uh, most adjusting and changing her voice, as at least among like the named main characters. Everyone else is just talking like themselves. Um, next up is Scott Mosier. Mosier? Mosier? He's Canadian. Uh, this is his seventh film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 50 even. It is his second film, rated between 0 and 24, and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind Freebirds and ahead of The Grinch. He has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 36.39, and is ranked 3,033rd overall. One spot behind Oscar Levant, and one spot ahead of Ken Marino. Ken Marino. Yes. Uh, Scott Mosier, 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 is also an additional voices voice performer. Next up is Nick Kroll. Uh, Nick Kroll, this is his 15th film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 46.83. It is his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 13th best movie overall, coming in behind Little Fockers and ahead of Vacation. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 36.35, and is ranked 3038th overall. One spot behind Ken Watanabe, and one spot ahead of Gabriel Mann. Nick Kroll is the voice of Sergei, who is the human antagonist in this movie. And yeah, it's just it's just a bad accent. It's pretty much all he is. It's just a bad accent. Next up is Jenny Slate, voice of Gidget. This is her 19th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 47.05. It is her third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 17th best movie overall, coming in behind Crush and ahead of The Longest Week. She has a value of negative 9.5, a score of 33.07, and is ranked 3,446th overall, one spot behind Eli Roth, and one spot ahead of Teresa Randall. Gidget, uh, a character I guess I'm, I'm fond of, supposedly, but... I, I just, yeah. it, it just, like, the, the, this movie was made up of, you know, a dozen short films that they could have done, and uh, it shows. And her storyline is by far the most uh, disappointing. Next up is Meredith Salinger. This is her fifth film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 43.4. It is her third film, rated between 0 and 24, and third best movie overall, coming in behind Teen Titans Go! to the movies and ahead of Race to Witch Mountain. She has a value of negative 4, a score of 27 even, and is ranked 4,010th overall, one spot behind Amanda Seyfried, and one spot ahead of Chelsea Ross. Meredith Salinger is 
the voice of the cat lady in the movie. So she also gets nothing to do because she's a human. Next up is Tara Strong. This is her 25th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 43.68. It is her 7th film, rated between 0 and 24, and 20th best movie overall, coming in behind Hotel Transylvania 3 and ahead of Eddie's Life Coach. She has a value of negative 15, a score of 25.44, and is ranked 4,139th overall, one spot behind Richard Schiff, one spot ahead of Danny Masterson from That 70s Show. And uh, Tara Strong is another additional voices credit. A lot of those. Next up is Dana Carvey. This is his ninth film credit, dropping his average film range to a 39.22. It is his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and seventh best movie overall, coming in behind his performance as himself in Sandy Wexler and ahead of The Master of Disguise. He has a value of negative 7, a score of 25.09, and is ranked 4,171st overall, one spot behind Michelle Trachtenberg, one spot ahead of Sandra Bullock. Oscar winner Sandra Bullock. Dana Carvey is the voice of Pops, the uh, disabled dog that is is kind of, uh, you know, just there does does like nothing like so many of these characters does nothing uh next up is kevin hart this is the 22nd film credit of his i've seen it drops his average film rating to a 42.05 it is his sixth film right between 0 and 24 and 18th best movie overall coming in behind get hard and ahead of ride along 2 he has a value of negative 3.5 13.5 negative 13.5 sorry and a score of 25.104. He is a value, or he is ranked 4,176th overall, one spot behind Ashley Tisdale, one spot ahead of Romani Malco. Kevin Hart is Snowball, and I hate that character so much. I just think he's so annoying, so bad at everything. Just everything. Huh. <sighs> Next up is Eric Stone Street. This is the seventh film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 36 even. It is his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and fifth best movie overall. Um, one spot behind The Island, and one spot ahead of Identity Thief. He has a value of negative 6, a score of 22 even, and is ranked 4,397th overall. One spot behind Peter Cullen, and one spot ahead of Kevin Durand. Eric Stone Street is the voice of Duke, who was a big role in the first movie and really gets sidelined here in the second one. Next up is Tiffany Haddish, who is everywhere. Uh, this is her 10th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 33.9. It is her 5th film, rated between 0 and 24, and 6th best movie overall, coming in behind Girl's Trip and ahead of Uncle Drew. She has a value of negative 10, a score of 18.25, and is ranked 4,587th overall, one spot behind Neil Maskell, and one spot ahead of Daniel Kim. She is a new character in this movie, new, to, new from the first one, named Daisy, who is basically a kick-ass puppy dog, uh, because of course, of course she is. Again, just like shoehorning in popular people, popular voices. I guess she wasn't as bad as Kevin Hart, but didn't didn't really do much. Far far worse than what she did in in the Lego Movie two earlier this year. 
Next up is Bobby Moynihan. This is his 18th film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 34.89. It is his 7th film, rated between 0 and 24, and 12th best movie overall, coming in behind Delivery Man and ahead of David S. Pumpkin's Halloween's, the David S. Pumpkin's Halloween special. He has a value of negative 16, a score of 15.4, and is ranked 4,677th overall. One spot behind Anthony LaPaglia, and one spot ahead of Kangana Renaut, who's only got one credit. What is it in? Manikarnika. Manikarnika. Kangana Renaut. Manikarnika. That's a 20, 2019 film. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, Bobby Moynihan. It's the voice of Mel. Again, another character I really don't remember anything about. And he is the final voice in the movie. Um, cool. Uh, not nominated for an Oscar, but hey, with the new rules for Best Animated Film, you never know. Hopefully not. Uh, no Circle of Film Award love because it doesn't deserve it. This is the 103rd film, one of the 103 films I've seen from this year. Dropping the average rating of those to 40.36, dropping their tomato meter to 61.75. It is the, what did I say? Is the 19, one of the 19 adventure films, 11 animated films, 34 comedies uh, that I have seen this year. It is a bad film. 23 to 63 is the new good to bad ratio of 0.37. Part of the 51.46% of Bechtel test passers this year. And it is the one of the 15 films rated PG. As far as ratings go, uh, with a 22, it is one of the 73 films to have a rating of 22 on my spreadsheet. Some of the others include Hotel Transylvania 3, Where Hands Touch, Mute, Woodshock, Sleepless, Wiener Dog, Blair Witch, Child 44, Lazarus Effect, The Voices, A Million Ways to Die in the West, The Expendables 3, Carrie, the remake, uh, Parental Guidance, One Day, Kung Fu Panda, Secrets of the Masters, Brighton Rock, Race to Witch Mountain, The Ruins, and New York, I Love You, among many others. But uh, that's about it. Like, again, this is just kind of a wasted animated movie. I'm very excited for Toy Story 4. I expect it to just demolish this in terms of quality, uh, money, literally every metric you can think of. Uh, and, um, yeah, I don't think you should check it out. Uh, I guess kids will be fine with it, but, I mean, they're kids. They don't really know what they, what's good or not. Cool. Uh, that is pretty much it, though. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Don't go watch The Secret Life of Pets 2. If you would like to get in touch, uh, in any way, shape, or form, you can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, letterboxd at Circle of Film, Email, circlefilm at gmail.com. There's the website, circlefilm.com, where you can find all the episodes uh, and, and much more over there. Or, if you like to support the show, you can subscribe, rate, review, like, whatever it is that however you're listening to this uh, works. Uh, or you can head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm and become a patron for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you once more. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to Saint Edgeard In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh, I'll be to Saint Wait.
Why do we need to?